This podcast is a production of America Matters Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the America Matters Media Podcast Network by visiting americamatters.us. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review at your favorite place to download podcasts. The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers, although we think they should. But that's the opinion of America Matters Media. America spends five to ten times more on health care than any other country in the world. Then why does America rank number 43 worldwide for longevity? Third world countries such as Cuba and Costa Rica rank higher than the U.S. So what's wrong with health care in America? This is what's wrong. Our $3 trillion healthcare industry is focused on disease management, while 70% of our planet relies on traditional indigenous medicine that is focused on health optimization. Learn how. Join Dr. Dan Royal on the show, The Royal Treatment, bringing you the latest information on the best of medicine, biotechnology, and pharmacology, as well as secrets from the past. These secrets have withstood the test of time and are being rediscovered today. In fact, indigenous healthcare practitioners are using them for the benefit of their patients who seek optimal health and wellness. Now, here is Dr. Dan Royal. Greetings, listeners. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. We're here every week to answer your health questions, and we have a couple of guests that will be joining us today. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Our first sponsor is the Terrell Healyman Clinic here in Las Vegas, THP Clinic, where you can reach us at 702 702- Five six two one four five four. If you have any questions, seven zero two five sixty two one four five four is the number to call. If you have any questions you would like to email, you can always send them to droyal at thbclinic.com. That's D is in Daniel Royal at thbclinic for Terrell Healing Band. Um, well, we're going to be talking as usual about things you can do to optimize your health and well-being. My guests today are Dr. Bill Singh and Dr. Robert Bohr. Both are tribal practitioners who work with me here at the Turtle Healing Bank Clinic. So we're going to be talking about hopefully some subjects that will be relative to you, including some of the things we do here in our clinic and as well as our, some of our patient uh, uh, cases that we would like to share. First, I'd like to thank Dr. Bill and Dr. Rob for joining us. Dr. Bill, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll hear a little bit from Dr. Rob. Well, I I have a background in pharmaceutical industry of almost 30 years, and uh, both uh, diagnostic, pharmaceutical, as well as biopharmaceutical and clinical experience. So I, my hobby horses are stem cells and dendritic cells. And, and something we're doing here. Right. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Dr. Rob, tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Royal. Uh, my background since 1994 has been focused in uh, chiropractic. And I uh, went back and did a medical program and finished that in 2005 and then went on to uh, to do some advanced training in pain management procedures. So the overlap again with stem cells, PRP, and other things like that, um, from a functional standpoint, using the uh, combined approach of the chiropractic and medical training and experience to, to help patients who have uh, conditions that, that uh, from head to toe, pain, headaches, back pain, and all kinds of things, which hopefully we'll get a chance to share with the audience today. 
Yeah, you do something called a coddle box. So we're going to want to talk about what that is. That's not something most people are familiar with, but it's a very powerful tool in the treatment of lower back pain in particular. I had a friend of mine recently who underwent another surgery for his lower back. He was having some nerve impingement after having a, a laminectomy and uh, nervous pinches was so bad that he was not only having neuropathy, but having difficulty walking. So they went back in. They did a surgery uh, this time where they had to do a laminectomy of three levels. But the problem is there's been some nerve damage. So where the collarbone can be particularly helpful for patients is in healing damage to the nerves because it's uh, what we refer to as a not an intraspinal, but an extradural or a, uh, a dural type injection. So I'll let you talk a little bit more about that. But some of the things we do here at the clinic that well, a lot of people don't really know about are stem cells. We do exosomes, and we'll have Dr. Bill tell us a little bit more in the program about really what are exosomes. In fact, we use a type of exome called amniosome for our patients. These are actually what the stem cells use to affect their healing in the body. The type of stem cells we like to use, and we have various types, we can use the umbilical cord or amniotic stem cells. These, of course, are pluripotent types of stem cells, but they're very low in numbers. Of course, you can get a type of stem cell called mesenchymal cell from the bone marrow or the fat, but these are only good for limited conditions such as cardiovascular and orthopedic problems. Now, to treat other things such as your brain, so for example, we've been communicating with the patient today who is coming here for a series of treatments to treat his ES. We use this particular approach, a pluripotent stem cell approach, to help him get out of his wheelchair to start walking again. But in order to have that kind of a benefit, you need pluripotent stem cells. Now, we can obtain this from the blood. This is a little known fact that you have in all the tissues of your body. But in order for us to access those, we need to do something, put them into the bloodstream. And so we provide the, the product to take. It's really a proprietary product that's been made for us called RBC Blend. But the primary ingredient is blue-green algae. Now, there's been a number of different studies using this. In fact, even patents that have been filed for it to increase the circulating mesenchymal cells. But they also increase circulating pluripotent cells. And so when the patient comes back to our office, we can then draw their blood after they've been taking the product. We can then allow the cells to naturally separate. And then we can give them back to the patients. The interesting thing about our approach is it's a little more labor intensive, but it's also more comprehensive in that we give back everything to the patient. So they can receive back their blood oxygenated. They can receive their plasma which still has some stem cells in it and has also been found to be an anti-aging treatment all by itself. And then we can use the stem cells, the pluripotent stem cells. We can use them by IV push. We can use them by intradermal injections, or I should say intra-articular injections into the joint. We can use them intraspinally. We can use them intranasally even to get into the brain. The nice thing about all of this is it's perfectly safe. We've been doing this for over 10 years. We've never had a problem doing it because, well, there are no real side effects when you're giving back to the patient their own blood, their own plasma, and their own stem cells, but in a concentrated form. Well, I'm Dr. Dan Roy. You're listening to The Royal Treatment today. My guests today are Dr. Bill Singh and Dr. Robert Bohr. When we come back, we're going to be talking about more things that you may not know about here at the Turtle Healing Bank Clinic. Stay right with us. Unable to listen to the whole show? 
A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now back to the show. We are back to the show. I'm Dr. Dan Royal, and my guests today are Dr. Bill Bohr and Doc. Oh, I got it backwards. Dr. Bill Singh and <laughs> Dr. Robert Bohr. <laughs> they work with you here at the Turtle Healing Man Clinic, so uh, it's easy to get us mixed up. We all um, are tribal providers, but we all, of course, have different names. So we're here today with the Royal Treatment. I thank you for joining us, and we're going to be having a discussion about, well, some things that we have observed with our patients. We see a lot of very interesting cases here because we take a lot more time with our patients. We have to in order for, for us to solve problems that other doctors can't. When you go into a typical doctor's office, what do they do? Well, they spend about five minutes with you and they get your name and uh, a prescription for whatever ails you. They don't really get down to the nitty gritty as to what is the basis of your problem. So, for example, I had a pain office this morning. We were talking about his daughter who had come in for allergy testing. She has a number of different symptoms, but we use a special Lysa Act that helps determine what the lymphocytic reaction is in the patient's cells. That's the type of blood cells that reacts to the things that the patient is being tested for, her allergy sensitivities, that is. Now, she had a few foods. chemical, a uh, food coloring, and a mold that she was found to be allergic to. But a lot of these things you would never know unless you did the testing because the allergies are delayed and they're also well below your level of subconscious. But the things that this lab finds are real. Now, what's interesting is she seems to be reacting to to some foods, but the thing that she was most sensitive to was carbon tetrachloride. You may not know this, but carbon tetrachloride is found in many inorganic foods. Now, one of the ways to avoid this chemical is to eat organic foods. But in her case, there are many foods that are affected by it. So she not only needs to be aware of some of the foods that she's ingesting, but the foods that contain the chemical to which she's reacting. So these are some of the things that we're able to help solve for patients that your regular doctor could not. We also had a patient who came in recently with a very high blood sugar of over 500. And shortly thereafter, her heart was racing as well. Slowly over time, over the last couple of weeks, we've been able to get her blood sugar down from 535 to 354 to 217 to this morning. I think it was down to 127 the last couple of weeks. But we were able to do this naturally. Now, we did use a minimal amount of prescription to help with some of the uh, more emergent uh, symptoms. But of course, these are being uh, gradually withdrawn. The point is there are ways to treat all kinds of ailments doing it naturally without side effects because, well, our philosophy uh, should be the philosophy of all physicians is the first do no harm. So let's pick up where we left off in the first segment. We were talking a little bit about stem cells. I'd like Dr. Rob to talk about a little more what we did with our MS patient and what we're planning on doing with them in the future, particularly as it regards to the caudal block, for which Dr. Rob is an expert. Dr. Rob. Thank you, Dr. Dan. Uh, It has been actually very amazing to see the changes in regenerative medicine over the last 15 plus years. And using the, the procedure uh, in gathering the stem cells that we do here at the Turtle Healing Band Clinic, been beyond uh, amazing, to say the least. So yes, we uh, have recently been treating an MS patient, as you mentioned, who uh, literally in a time frame of a little over five to six years went from a normal life 
involved travel in the world to hospice care, which is really uh, a very aggressive form of, uh, of MS. And we did the treatments for him, both with a caudal uh, epidural injection or a caudal block. And uh, we used uh, the stem cells also in an IV push. And we did intranasal for him directly uh, up into the brain, um, very quickly absorbed. The first treatment right before my eye, his spasms in his legs that literally would just shake with that MS tremor, just stopped. And over that next month, uh, I, I had spoken with him and numerous, numerous times uh, he was able to stand up on his own strength, which he hadn't done in months. So we've seen with each treatment an, uh, an ongoing and developing improvement in uh, his functional ability. And uh, we're looking forward to some more treatments. Um, there, it is a very much more uh, involved treatment plan than just a caudal injection. As you know, we, it is, uh, it's diet, nutrition. It is a, there's a lot of other components to his treatments. But the caudal was immediate and the intranasal immediate responses were, were just amazing with this stem cell treatment. Well, one of the things I will say in regards to the caudal block, it's my observation, having done it uh, myself to patients as well, is it's a very safe way of accessing the spinal canal because you're going at the lower end where you're not likely to engage any nerves. You're going between the coccyx and the sacrum. I haven't seen anybody complain about it being a painful injection. And I have seen patients who have been completely out of pain before they even left the office. One of them, in fact, is a neighbor of mine. And we were at their house for Thanksgiving. And she said, one thing she's thankful for is the caudal block. So thank you, Dr. Rob, for that. These are tools that are available for people who want health optimization. We are in a business of helping our patients be as well, maximally, optimally well as they want to be, as they can be. Interestingly, we don't know what those values are for humans. We simply know what are the minimum to keep you from getting disease, or at least allegedly we have the recommended dietary allowances or daily allowances. And so we don't know what the, what the maximum should be. But we have patients who, well, they want to live a long time. And if they want to live a long time, why not have a good quality of life? And that's what we're here to help you do. So, Dr. Bill, tell us a little bit about what you do. You do some very interesting things at the Turtle Healing Band Clinic. Uh, I know you have a very unique way of making the platelet asthma, but you also have a unique way of helping our patients develop antibodies against the current pandemic, the so-called COVID-19. Tell us a little bit about that. I would like to uh, get into the vaccine, the COVID vaccine uh, uh, program a little bit. Before that, I want to expand on what Rob is doing. Uh, you know, the stem cells are very important right now. It's, a, it's one of the most advanced technologies that we could ever achieve. And the problem out there is that we are not getting good quality stem cells. Now, for a stem cell to be functional, in a, in a procedure, what Rob described just now, you need to have three criteria. One is that have to be alive. Two, cells have to be sufficient in numbers when you are in, injected with those, they can defect. 
Number three, they should be able to differentiate into other types of cells in the body. What is more important is, is the urgent therapies and the, and the delivery technique of these cells. And what Rob has been practicing uh, here, I think all these three, four things, we make sure that we are meeting those criteria. That's why we are seeing such good effect. Now, stem cells, they come in different forms. You know, they are uh, from embryonic cells. They are from the umbilical cord, what we classify as adult stem cells. You can get them for bone marrow and tissue, like uh, Dr. Royal described just now. The only problem with bone marrow and, and, and fat tissue is they are surgical procedures before you get to them. So getting them from the peripheral blood is a little more convenient. It's, it's probably next to getting the mesenchymal cells from umbilical cord. Uh, but again, there's a limitation to what you can get from an umbilical cord. So normally the, the stem cell companies, what they try to do is they try to dilute them and other total nucleated cells, not stem cells very low percentage, like 0.01% or 0.01%, which is vital. And out of those, maybe one third are dead totally. They don't do their effect. So getting them from peripheral blood is a total advantage and uh, we give live cells and that's why they are so effective. Now, as yeah, regards the vaccine, uh, vaccine is concerned, you know that there are a lot of uh, vaccines now coming out on the market, which are based on some uh, most, most sophisticated technologies like uh, putting mRNA into your body, let that mRNA make the virus protein, then that protein will induce immune response. So one of the major issues with, with COVID-19 is, if there is one, <laughs> uh, what when it gets into your system, the first type of cells it plays with is the dendritic cells. Now, dendritic cells are the central immune cells in the body that control your immune system. They start the immune system and then control it throughout life. These are the only cells that can actually travel from your skin or other areas when they come in contact with a, a virus or a, or a bacteria or another pathogen or any antigen, travel to lymph nodes and immune response there. As a matter of fact, if uh, some of you guys ever heard of the story that that became one of the major problems because genetic cells would pick up HIV antigens from vaginal tract or from the skin or from and go right into start mutilating the lymph nodes so that you know you can't you can't do anything with it it starts killing the immune system i think the covid-19 is also in in some of those categories it mutilates dendritic cell population in the body so we thought that if we can isolate dendritic cells from the healthy individual and it or pulse it or load it with the corona antigen not the coronavirus but part of it and then inject them back into the into the donor, we should be able to preempt these cells and your whole immune system to make only useful type of immune response and not let the virus interfere with it. 
Yeah, and hold that thought. We're going to well. continue. Let's take a short break. I'm Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treat. We're talking about, well, the things that are important for you to know regarding your optimal health and well-being, and particularly the vaccine that is coming. We'll take a short break, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. We are back to the show, my friends, and you are listening to The Royal Treatment with Dr. Dan Royal. If you need to reach me or any of our providers, you can contact us here at the Turtle Healing Bank Clinic in Las Vegas. That is 702-562-1454. I actually see the number on the screen here. For those of you who are watching Zoom, 702-562-1454. If you need to email me, then you can do so by sending it to droyal at thbclinic.com. That's D as in Daniel Royal, R-O-Y-A-L at THB for Turtle Healing Band Clinic.com. I'd also like to do a, well, a little bit of a commercial, sort of. I didn't know if you can see this. This is called Crystal Blue. This is a type of water device that can be used to electrify your water. An interesting book that has now been published a few years ago called The Fourth Phase of Water. What that means is that water has four states, solid, gas, vapor, and, well, an electrical state, whereby the electrons and protons are separated. It has a battery effect that your body can use to recharge and recycle your ATP, the basic energy molecule, in your Bodies. A physician in Germany used structured water with about 14,000 of her patients and found that it was successful in lowering blood pressure, blood sugar, normalizing autonomic nervous system function, controls stress, and normalizing allergies. This is something we hope to be able to report more to in the future, but I know many of you are concerned about the quality of water you're drinking, and for that reason, you're drinking bottled water, or you're running your water through a purification systems such as reverse osmosis. But when you drink that water, it has zero energy, zero. You can do some things to electrify it. Now, if you're drinking water from a running mountain stream, it has electricity, or I should say electrical properties. You can get it if you're exposing it to infrared wavelengths and possibly 432 hertz, that's a musical frequency, but the device made by Crystal Blue can be put into your water system at home, or it can be a handheld device. And then you can now drink water with electrical properties to charge your body, similar to the way we charge on the outside using pulsing electromagnetic fields with our patients. We'll talk more about this in a future date, but I just want to let you know that we do have these available for those of you who want to use them in your homes and for your personal life. Now back to Dr. Bill. We're talking about the coming vaccine and possible ways by which you might be able to avoid it. Dr. Bill. So uh, what I was saying that we can take the dendritic cells out of your uh, blood. We draw about 400, 500 cc's of blood and take the isol- isolate the dendritic cells and charge them with the corona antigen, a particular protein that it has. It's not a live virus, so nobody should worry about it. So, and we inject back into the host, and it takes us about three, four days. It's it's, it's a labor-intensive procedure, but it works very well. We've seen when these cells are injected back into, into the person, we see immune response in two to four weeks. And that immune response can be boosted either by the particular corona component that we use, or if you get exposed to the virus, uh, it will raise your antibody levels uh, to combat that infection. So you should really never get infected. Uh, You may get 
exposed to it, but you will never get infection uh, and, the, and the severity of the virus, which is normally uh, would be experienced by a non-vaccinated person. And I would like to verify that we have done a number of our, including ourselves and our patients with this protocol. And we have found that there is relatively few to minimal side effects. Uh, for example, pain at the injection site that has happened uh, in a patient when the booster shot was given, but it only lasted for a day. These are minor symptoms. But the point is, we've been able to help patients develop antibodies to the so-called uh, coronavirus. The antibody we're talking about is SARS-CoV-2 IgG, and we've been able to do that successfully in 100% of our patients, at least so far. And we've also been able to re-expose them with a booster showing that the antibodies can be uh, re-elevated if the patient becomes exposed or there's a need to do so and to do so successfully. This is important because one of the things that is still need to be determined is the question, if a person has antibodies to the so-called pandemic virus, are they exempt from the coming vaccinations from companies like Pfizer, Moderna, and so forth? We here at the Turtle Hillman Clinic are part of a consortium of physicians here in Nevada that are participating, or I should say cooperating with Immunize Nevada, the organization to vaccinate us all along with Health and Human Services. And one of the questions that I pose to them is, are such people exempt? Well, believe it or not, they don't know the answer to that. In fact, what they have told me is they don't even know what level of antibodies is actually pro protective against the so-called pandemic virus, which means they have a lot more work to do if that's true. I've also asked them if they know what type of antibodies the patient is developing. This is critical because of the type of antibodies they're developing is a TH2. These are the type that can result in a cytokine storm upon re-exposure to the virus and Consequently, the other type, TH1, if it's inadequate, the same thing could potentially happen. So this is important for patients to know. But what you need to know so far is that when the vaccine comes, no one is checking to see if you have antibodies and therefore are exempt. And no one is checking to see if you develop antibodies after you've been given the vaccine. So we have some concerns. But the one thing we know for sure is if you want antibodies, you want to develop them naturally and have protection against the pandemic virus. Now or in the future, we can help you accomplish that here through natural means using your own blood and harvesting your own dendritic cells, which are known as presenting cells. They take the antigen to the lymph nodes where your body then makes antibodies that can protect you against infection. Now, does that sound about right, Dr. Bill? Yes, 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 yes. Perfect. So we've seen actually, as a matter of fact, we saw one patient, that uh, one person that we vaccinated, she traveled to Alaska and she got exposed to the virus and they tested her for antibodies. Her antibody levels were uh, raised significantly, so they were very high. So that's a good uh, news for us because we know that the, when we boost the, the person with, with antigen, we get a heightened immune response. So that is yeah. a good, good result. That's a good point. Now, we've had patients whom we've helped develop antibodies who've then been tested for the antigen and have been found to be negative. So what that means is when you develop antibodies using our protocol, it does not mean that we are giving you the virus such that you will test positive when they do a nasal swab. 
But the case that you mentioned is very important because this was someone who was re-exposed somehow, some way to a coronavirus. It was like a booster, giving someone a booster injection. So we know that that exposure or booster does not su subject the patient to significant harm, as it has done with animals in the past. One of the concerns we have with this coming vaccination is it involves making a vaccination against an RNA virus, which has never been done in the history of mankind. And when animals have been tested for its efficacy in the past, I'm talking about chimpanzees in 2020 and then rabbits back in 2005, well, they either died in the case of the rabbits or they developed inadequate antibody responses in the case of the chimpanzees. Now, am I telling the truth, Dr. Bill? Yes, it is. And I think I, I would like to uh, point out that when you vaccinate somebody, you need to look for immune response. That is one thing. But you also need to see if that vaccinated person is infected with the, when you see if that vaccinated person is infected with the, when you get infected with that virus or with the other pathogen. So no way here in the United States that we could actually give the live virus to people who are vaccinated. So you leave them to natural infection. Uh, this is what uh, people like Moderna uh, are doing. And they published the results showing that out of the 30,000 people, half of them were vaccinated and half were left non-vaccinated. And they found that the non-vaccinated got about 169 people got infected out of that. And then whereas only 11 of the vaccinated got infected with the natural infection area, wherever they were. Now, this is a very low percentage of people that actually got infected, like 0.5%. And I personally don't know where this 95% protection comes from that because you don't know, but when they did the study in monkeys with that same vaccine or a similar vaccine in Oxford, they found that vaccinated monkeys, they were given live virus, they got infected. Granted that the disease severity was low in the vaccinated animals as compared to non-vaccinated animals, but we don't know if they were left a little longer, they would have the same pathology what the non-vaccinates have. So here we have a very good example. The person who got uh, the vaccine before she traveled to Alaska, she's made a stay in Washington, Seattle. And that's a very heavily uh, corona positive people there. So infection rate is probably high. So she somehow got exposed to, she was in two, three parties. Uh, there was a funeral. There were many, many people there. So she got, she got in exposed to it, but she never came down with symptoms. But she luckily she got tested when she went to the airport at Alaska. They found her having the, the virus positive swab. So she called me and said, well, look, you know, look for, don't worry, you won't have symptoms. Unless you have symptoms, there's no problem to worry. You have a good immune response. Well, that's true. And we had verified that and she knew that in advance. So very good points. That is something we call the dendritic cell vaccine protocol. It's available here at the Turtle Healing Bank Clinic. If you would like to develop antibodies, do it naturally without, well, the coming vaccination. You can call us here at 702-562-1454. That's the Turtle Healing Bank Clinic here in Las Vegas, 702-562-1454. I'm talking with our tribal providers, Dr. Bill Singh and Dr. Robert Bohr. We'll come back after the break, so stay with us.
To join the conversation, call 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now back to the show. We are back to the show, my friends, and you're listening to Dr. Dan Royal with the Royal Treatment. We're here every week to answer your health questions. And of course, we all have questions. In fact, we need to question everything. The book that was published recently, The Fourth Phase of Water, did just that because science tends to spend most of its time on the twigs of the tree. It doesn't really look at the branches, much less the trunk. We tend to take many things for granted. We can't, well, just assume that everybody knew what they had discovered was fact. These things need to be reconfirmed. This is a fairly standard principle in science. And so this is why we need to do our own investigation. Now, one of the things that we wanted to talk about a little bit is some of the misinformation that's out there. There seems to be a lot of concern about wearing masks, ample. You may not know this, but there have been studies, well, going back to 1975 and all the way up to as recent as 2015 that have demonstrated that the wearing of masks can be actually more harmful than helpful. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I mean more harmful for others. Now, of course, it makes no sense that you have to wear a mask while you're exercising, but that's what many places are now requiring, turning an aerobic exercise into an anaerobic exercise. In other words, uh, turning us humans into plants. But there's a study back in 1975 by Ritter et al. They concluded that the wearing of a surgical mask, now we're talking about people performing surgery on patients in a surgical operating room. They concluded that the wearing of a surgical mask had no effect upon the overall operating room environmental contamination. What they mean to say, as they expounded in more detail, is that the patients who were undergoing surgery had a higher infection rate when the operating personnel were wearing masks than not wearing masks. Now that seems counterintuitive, but rather than investigating this, well, this phenomenon, most of what science does today is double down by saying that doesn't make any sense. Let's not just wear a mask, let's wear two masks or just mask harder. That doesn't make sense. In 1981, there was a follow-up study done by Neil Orr. It was published in the Royal College of Surgeons in England. He also concluded it would appear that minimal contamination can be achieved by not wearing a mask at all, and that wearing a mask during surgery is a standard procedure that could be abandoned. Now, we're talking about 40 years ago, my friends. This is not 2020, but we're talking about 1975 and 1981. And these observations have been confirmed, as I said earlier, in subsequent studies all the way up through 2015. This is why we have to question everything. Are masks really helpful or are they more harmful? They seem to be more harmful, not just to the patient, because when you're wearing a mask, you increase your risk of headaches and hypoxia. In fact, your oxygen level can drop as much as 20%. Now, when it drops as much as 12%, you are in need of oxygen supplementation. And in fact, you are a, a diagnosis of hypoxia, medical hypoxia. These are just some of the things that can happen to you, but still it's very curious as to why others would be more at risk when you're wearing masks, such as patients in an operating room. What are some of the other concerns that you have, Dr. Rob, about some of the things that we're hearing and need to be questioning? Absolutely. So as far as it 
it goes with this misinformation being pushed out on social media and so many questions out. I think one of the things that we need to look at is the false positive rates of the, the nasal swab tests. There's people that are lining up every day, going through the seat down the road here, and uh, they're getting their PCR tests. And uh, the, the likelihood of receiving a false positive is extremely high. And, and some of the science that we've had, even though this really is a novel year for this virus, it's a novel virus, this particular virus, they've studied a lot of things about it already. And one of the they came up with in the literature is that amplifying the cycle. So when they take the PCR, the swab test, it's going to gather particles of that virus. Some complete viruses, particles, and some par partials. But amplify, they, what they do is like almost magnify it. And what they found is that 17 times, this is in the medical literature, that is going to give you the most accurate virus. Positive, positive, negative, you're negative. But that they're not doing the tests at 17 cycles, Dr. Singh. Right, right. Good point. One of the things that we have that with the, um, the nasal swabs is that they're RNA virus, but they're not determining whether it is specific virus is active or whether it's dead. So, uh, for example, a couple of weeks ago here in Nevada, we had 2,000 cases, uh, most all of which were probably asymptomatic. So let's say asymptomatic and one death. Now, God only knows everything's being attributed to COVID-19, but who dies from the so-called COVID-19 also has comorbidity. So they could easily have as having died from a heart attack or respiratory failure or so on. Now, the week later, after the governor of Nevada increased the wearing of requiring them to be worn now indoors at all times in facilities, including size facilities and gyms, the rate of asymptomatic cases increased from 2,000 to 3,000 and from 1 to 24. So that begs the question, are masks more harmful or more helpful? Think about the studies we just quoted. Now, Dr. Bill, uh, maybe you have some things you'd like to say on this subject. Well, there was a, actually a recent article uh, published from uh, Texas. This guy who is the governor of, of Texas, he's saying that, hey, we've been wearing masks and everybody been saying wearing a mask and uh, doing all these uh, ban on churches and everything the still the virus infection is still going up so what is what's happening so it probably has some some controversies you know we don't know but my personal feeling is that it's not just the wearing of the mask it's how you wear it I've seen 50% of people in the stores, they have it on their mouth or on their chin. They don't put it on their nose. And also 10% people, they keep it pushing it up with their dick, going through the nose and then to, to your hands and then whatever you touch is going to go there. So it's, it's they wear these, they use masks also, people need to be trained. As I have, that we've seen patients who claim that they were diagnosed with COVID-19 or uh, swear that they were suffering from the symptoms. The problem is when we see these patients, when we test them, they have no antibodies. 
if they've had yeah. an infection of some sort, exactly. it wasn't from COVID-19, even though that's what they were diagnosed with. Now, what we have seen, uh, for example, in recent patients, we've seen that their CRP is elevated. That's a reactive protein, a marker of general inflammation. This may be accompanied by elevated liver enzymes. It may be accompanied by anemia and, of course, some other symptoms such as uh, fatigue. So something is happening, but it could just uh, be about from the beginning, the increase of 5G technology that is now uh, irradiating us all around the earth. It started out with 20,000 sets and then was up to 50. Now it's up to 100 and eyes. And they're now talking about 6G in an effort to cover every square technology. Now we know that this has an effect on human beings, not just human, but plants and animals. And there are some things, however, we can do to protect ourselves. So for example, this morning I had a patient in my office and I told her some of the things that we need to check for, but the good news is if we find that they're elevated, guess what? We have a treatment for them. And the same can be said for protection against 5G. You can get diodes for your phone and your computers. You can use magnetic sleep pads to protect you from the electrosmog. You can even use periodic pulsing electromagnetic technology, such as the cell vital that we use in our clinic that helps to re-energize the body because your millivolt concentration should be greater than 70 or between 100 millivolts. When it starts dropping, you're going to need some help. And some of the ways that you can Reverse that is with this pulsing electromagnetic field technology, very possibly with the static magnetic field sleeping pads, and also possibly with the crystal blue handheld device that I showed you earlier, whereby water can be made electric. What do you think? What else can we do to protect ourselves from 5G, doctors? Well, there's nothing. The only thing is don't go close to it. <laughs> well, one of the problems that we've seen is we really can't get away from it. So in the United States, the number one area uh, leading the country in COVID-19 deaths was the Navajo Nation. Now, the Navajo Nation had a very high rate of vaccination with the quadrivalent vaccine, thanks to Indian Health Services. They also had 5G antennas put up throughout the entire uh, reservation. And there seems to be a correlation here, but nobody seems to be talking about it. So I think it's important what we're talking about as well as what we're not talking about. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You've been listening to The Royal Treatment today. My guests today have been Dr. Bill Singh and Dr. Robert Bohr. I want to thank them for being with us. These are both tribal providers with us here at the Clinic. And if you would like to reach any of us, well, you can send an email to me, and I will answer it or forward it to them. That email is droyal at thbclinic.com. Daniel Royal, R-O-Y-A-L, at thb for clinic.com or call us here in Las Vegas, 702-562-1454, 702-562-1454. Next week, my friends, we'll be back with another episode of the Royal Chamber for sticking with us. And until we meet again, may you all be well. 